four square oh, feet, even without sunlight. We My name about, is. Talk, so you want to know where to invest a thousand dollars right now? Uh, well, forget about stocks, real estate, or Come cryptocurrency. On, there is a little known to man donating money and writing checks in your company and giving these people all these donations. These people are stealing your money, right? But anyway, this is what I make is. There's too much information to talk about out here, man. I can get, I can get deep into this stuff. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is this: we have, and <clears throat> in, in the U.S., we have our, our own military. We have our space force. And the point I'm trying to make is this: getting back to my point, we've invaded all the countries already. There's nobody left to steal from. There's nobody left to rob. Right? There's a few places here and a couple small spots, but nothing major. I mean, we may go in and steal a couple of cobalt mines soon. We may, because, you know, you got to keep the electric car scam going. <laughs> you got to keep the scam going. We may go steal a couple of, uh, by force, take by force some cobalt mines with some forced child labor. We might do that, too. But overall, there's nobody, nobody else to rob. And so since there's hardly anybody left to rob or steal from, there's nowhere to claim that these trillions of dollars are missing or going. Like, where's the trillions of dollars going? We can't blame it on this war and that war, and because of this situation over here and that situation over there, we've been we've been disjointed in our, like all of the North was trying to say, the, the communication yeah. systems weren't doing right, and we were too busy with that. We couldn't tell you where the money went. So now they got the space force, guys. There's threats coming from space. There's threats coming here. We don't know what these things are. They're they're a threat to our national security. They're a threat to global security. We don't know what they are. We need to divert these trillions of dollars for the Space Force now. So now I have a legitimate place to send this money to. <laughs> legitimate place. <laughs> On top of sending the money to Ukraine and places like that, you know. Uh, where, where else is sending money to? Israel, right? They're getting billions. Ukraine and Israel are getting billions of dollars. Well, there's people in L.A. sleeping on the street. Well, there's people in Michigan and Flint drinking that can't even drink the water because people in mississippi can't drink the water right you're taking a bath and poison the largest organ on the body is your skin your skin is an organ it absorbs everything imagine taking a bath in that filth every single day what it's doing to all your your, your body parts all your internal internal organs right it's destroying your brain and everything just by taking a bath or a shower not to mention how in the hell you're going to cook and drink and eat with that stuff. You can't even boil the poison out of it. And these people are getting billions and billions of dollars, uh, you know, in my personal opinion, for absolutely no reason. And so, but this is the country we live in. This is what's going on here. This is what this is what's happening. So you, you, you build this whole space force. Now you got to have a reason to fund it. So now you got to have these experimental drones and these experimental probes. We're going to start shooting these things down. Perfect time to start an exploration or an experiment of shooting down these drones when these balloons pop up. These balloons were unexpected. I admit that. I don't think they expected these balloons to just pop up like that. Huh. Once they popped up, they kind of traced them and followed them, so they, they knew the path that they went. So it was like, you know what? We got the F-22 already on call now. Let's release a couple of these drones and just test out our flight capabilities and test out their flight capabilities of these drones and see what they can and can't do. Let's warm everybody up. We have objects up here that don't have wings, cockpit, fuselage, no captain, no pilot. 
all of a sudden we got to shoot these things down. Remember, in the ancient documents, the government can't shoot these things down. They can't even catch them. These things dance circles around billion-dollar fighter jets like it's nothing, right? They dance circles around us. They make us look like idiots. Now, all of a sudden, we can shoot them down. <clears throat> so, in my opinion, after doing the research, these are not UFOs or UAPs. These are the ones that they just shot down that don't have wings and all that. They're something that we created ourselves because if they were space probes from another, an alien, uh, you know, another uh, another planet. You go through all the trouble of sending a space probe all the way here that it can't it can't even last more than you know a few hours. I mean, your your whole mission is is spoiled in just a few hours or get shot down that quick and that easy. Huh. If you can travel that kind of distance to send a probe here, it should have some type of uh, force field technology, right? Some shields. It should have some type of maneuverability, maybe some type of a defense defense package on it, uh, something. But to make it that easy, it tells me that this is probably just another one of those war drills practice. And what we could see building up here is we can see a situation where they begin to have more and more of these incidents where you might see a situation where one of our our Navy ships gets buzzed by one of these objects. And you might see another situation where they, after they build that and hype that one up and get everybody afraid. Because the whole thing behind this is all about fear. You have to get people afraid. You see? Once you get people afraid by pumping the fear into them from the news, the next thing you do is you have a second incident. The second incident, they probably have this thing fire something at one of our Navy vessels or one of our bases. Right? Just fire. Even if somebody gets hurt, they call that collateral damage. You know the, you know the U.S. military don't care about their their military men anyway. All right. My uncle is dying from cancer right now. He's got he's in stage four, stage four, from Agent Orange. The stuff they made him dump on these Vietnamese people back in the Vietnamese War got to him and his entire battalion. His entire battalion, half of them are already gone and dead from this Agent Orange. Now he's got it. All right. He's got the Agent Orange. And he's all screwed up. He's stage four, about to die literally any day now. He's probably watching this video right now. See? And you think the US, you think the US military is taking care of him? <laughs> he's old news, man. They can care less. They literally can Couldn't. care less. Couldn't. They can care less about the veterans. Every single day, every single day, between 27 to 30 veterans from the US commit suicide and the numbers for that started calculating since 2001 we're well over 380,000 suicides from u.s veterans right now think about that for a minute why is that why is there a pandemic of suicides from u.s vets 27 to 30 a day so you know what i'm out of here why would that be Think about that. Meditate on that for a minute. There's a real problem here. When that many men commit suicide every single day. And every single day, four or five of them are in my inbox telling me what they want to do. People have sent me messages with the picture of the knife to their wrist. Oh, my God. 
I get so many suicide notes that I have the doggone suicide hotline cut and pasted in my notepad so I can just cut and paste it to them and tell them, hey, man, I love you, brother, but there's nothing. I'm not an expert in this. I recommend you call this number right now. You know what kind of pressure that puts on, on me? This is what they've done to these people. They've destroyed their consciousness from the acts, the egregious acts that they've had them put out and, and act out over the last few decades. And so, remember <clears throat> Vietnam, because it has a point to do with my Space Force situation. Vietnam was a fake war. In other words, it was a war that happened, but it was made on a lie. They lied about the Gulf of Tonkin incident, and they have now admitted, and their papers have been declassified. It was never attacked. It was a fake attack. The Gulf of Tonkin incident was a fake attack on a Navy ship that never happened, so that we can have the right to trick the American people that we needed to go to war against Vietnam. Do you see where I'm going with this, guys? Uh. Do you understand what I'm talking about now with the Space Force? Trillions of dollars of your money is going to start getting siphoned into this Space Force because they're going to continue to build the anticipation and the fear that we have this huge threat coming from outer space to destroy us and attack us, and we have to defend ourselves. We're going to have to put weapons in space. We're going to have to create new types of super advanced weapons. To justify right? spending trillions on So that. we're going to need all your money to do this. So yep. we're going to start now when you ask where the trillions have gone, we have an excuse for you. Huh. We can't go steal any more resources. There really ain't, isn't that much more to take anymore. It's really, ah, man, we pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, pillaged the entire planet already. So now we got to go to space. And that's where we're going to go. So you will begin to see a buildup of these space incidents, these unexplained incidents, and they're always going to involve military. You'll have a typical UFO experience or talk, but I'm talking about when the government starts talking, it's because something happened at their base. Some UFO did this. Their nukes have been deactivated. Uh, a ship has been shot. You're going to start to see this huge buildup of, it, of things going on. And not to say that UFOs don't come here and visit, because as you guys know, if you've been following my work, I believe in it wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, I believe in it. But I also believe that if they want to end us, we would have been gone already. <laughs> we would have been gone already. Think about it. Just the end or not, this book right here, The Enuma Elish. These are tablets that have been deciphered, right? These tablets date back thousands of years, and they have been rewritten from tablets that date back tens of thousands of years prior to like that. 36, the Enuma Elish is the stories of the tablets of creation, the seven tablets of creation. It tells about the creation of the whole solar system, being from this planet, the whole works. Everything is in that text, right? We know that we're dealing with uh, people that are a million years more advanced than us technologically, maybe even spiritually. And so you're talking about people at this point in time that if they wanted to wipe out the planet, they don't come down here with spaceships and start sending laser beams at buildings. They don't do that. That's not how you, that's not how you take over a planet when you're an advanced race, when you're an advanced being. You don't do that. It's too, it's just too hard. That's a hard way of doing it. What you have to do if you're an advanced race and you really want to steal the planet from the people, you just take a couple of genetic samples from the people on the planet 
You take it to your master geneticist, you have them analyze the genetics, and then you devise a virus that will wipe out the entire planet and leave everything in place where it's at. And then you will release it. Our bodies, they aren't our identity. Should be part of this whole thing be that people should be free to everything in place where it's at. And then you would release it in the atmosphere. You wouldn't even come down to the planet. Nobody would ever see the killer. They would never come down. And in four or five days after releasing the toxins in the atmosphere, everybody would be gone. And then they, they probably designed the thing that it would dissolve your body, and all that all that would be left behind would be probably some bones. And then they'd send their little robots down to do all the cleanup work. It's too easy. See, it's just too easy. There's nobody coming here with laser beams and laser guns trying to shoot everybody one person at a time, eight billion people <laughs> on the planet. But that's what they're going to want you to believe. It, it's not going to happen like that. It won't happen. As a matter of fact, I believe that there's people watching us right now. And I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about aliens. They're watching and observing, watching everything we're doing, and just sitting back and waiting. What are they waiting on? In my personal opinion, they're waiting for us to grow the hell up. <laughs> they are waiting for us to grow up. They're doing the same thing that we do when we go look at animals in the wild. If you ever watch... Um, National Geographic, for example, right? There's, there's probably over a million documentaries now on animals. Probably over a million. But how do we create these animal documentaries? Think about it. We act like aliens. We go into their domain, and then we actually have a camera with a, with a, with a tarp over it. We call it a hide because it blends into the background, the surrounding background, right? We, we basically cloak ourselves in their environment. And then we use super advanced camera technology to spy on them and watch them for hours, sometimes years on end. Then what do we do? We alien abduct these animals. We shoot them with a tranquilizer dart. We take them from their environment. We take them into a laboratory. They're dazed. They're half awake, half asleep. They kind of see lights and people. They don't know what the hell's going on. Hmm. Then we put an alien tracking device in them, huh. right? Yep. Then we take samples of their material, their, their genetics and their blood and everything else, their semen. We take, we take ovary, we take eggs out, their ovaries out. We got the ovaries, but we take eggs from the, from the uterus. And then what do we do? We put them back in their environment, and then they wake up completely deranged with loss of time and some rare mem some, some faded memories as to what may have happened to them, right? <laughs> and so... We're doing the same, what we're doing to these animals is the same exact thing that's being done to us. Mm -hmm. The same exact thing yeah. that is being done to us is what we're doing to animals. Mm -hmm. Because in their eyes, we're nothing more than just animals. They're that advanced. It's like we're just ants, but they're observing us because we're ants with a lot of potential. <laughs> we have massive upside, and huh. that is very intriguing to them. And so they want to watch. And so mm -hmm. they are out there watching. They are out here coming to this planet and taking a look to see what's going on. But I guarantee you one thing, they're not shooting us with laser beams and trying to take over the planet. That's not, that's, that's not going to happen. They're observing us. And you know what they're waiting on? They're waiting for us to grow up. 
They're waiting for us to, to realize, and when I say us, I'm talking about the 8 billion people that are being controlled by less than 100 people. Less than 100 men control 8 billion people. Let that marinate for a minute. That's a real problem. And guess what? The problem is not the 100 men. The problem is the 8 billion people. We're the ones that created this entire situation by our silence and our collusion with their egregious acts against human beings, with their egregious systems that they put in place to enslave people. Our acceptance of their systems and our ability to, to fulfill their wishes and work in their matrix is the reason why we're in the position that we are in right now. So if you want to look at who's to blame for all of this, Blame Just yourself. open your phone and put it in selfie mode, and you will see the person that is responsible for the current condition of mankind today. It's you and me, period. No escaping it. There's no escaping this situation. We're the we all refuse to wake the fuck up. Because we keep giving them all of our power. The government is supposed to work for the people. The government was put in place by people to work for the people. They're servants of the people. But they flipped it on us. And they got us thinking that, no, we work for them and we better do what the hell they say. Otherwise, they'll kill us, lock us up, or worse. Right? The government can take that whole family bloodline if they want to. And there's mm. nothing you can do about it. But who gave them that power to do that? We did. <laughs> we did. Mm -hmm. Every time we participate in their system, we continue to give them the power to destroy us. We continue to give them the power to enslave us, to hurt our future generations, to continue to take away more of our God-given rights. It's us that's the problem, not them. A shark, if it smells blood in the water, it's going to attack. A shark is going to be a shark. You got to expect that. That's when I see these clowns, I say, man, they're just sharks, man. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I don't let the people bother me. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to eat. But guess what? I'm trying to eat, too. So we have to wake up and realize that as long as we keep playing their game, they're going to keep taking from us. They're going to keep dangling the carrot, and the carrot's going to get further and further away, and we're going to continue to keep thinking that the carrot, we're just right in, we're, we're going to get this carrot, we're so close to getting this carrot. And they just keep pulling it away, and keep pulling it away. And before you know it, this will be a completely super enslaved civilization. Or we have an opportunity now to realize what's going on, stand up, stop playing the game, and take back our sovereignty. There's only one thing needed to change what's going on on this planet right now, and one thing only. That's for everyone on this planet to become unified, to unite, to organize, and to do one thing else. Stop playing their game. We proved that it could be done, that we can turn off a planet when the whole sickness went around the planet, right? The global sickness, we know what that is. I can't even say it on here because they'll probably extend their video. That's the most control they have, right? The whole planet got turned off. Click, turn off the planet. You looked outside the window, you, could, you couldn't see, you didn't see nothing. Nobody went to work, nobody went to nothing. Just gone, nothing. Oh, well, we know it can happen. And guess what? We're all still here. We survived it. So 
The day that we all wake up and realize, hey, guys, hey, 8 billion family, <laughs> let's just turn the planet off and restart this thing. And when it turns back on this time, it's going to be by our control, our rule, our law, our system that we put in place to supersede the one that we just turned off. That's how you take back control of a planet. And I'm telling you, now that they're mastering how to control your telomeres, in chromosome number two, they can control how long you live. So if we don't take back control of this, this planet, eventually they will begin to sell us time. And that's no joke. At some point, we got to wake up. So this whole Space Force thing is really all about, it's really all about generating money. And you will begin to see situations of inferior craft, not real UFOs, inferior craft, that will, they will say, we don't know what this is. But they know good and well what it is. And you'll see that these things are going to be shooting at ships and look apparent that they might be attacking a military base. That gives them the authority now to come to the American people and say, hey, we're rerouting $20 trillion to this Space Force because we know we need it now. Because we got to stop these aliens from killing us and attacking our bases. You see, now, how does that make them money? Well, the government got smart. They stopped doing all the, all the inventions and all the technology themselves because once they developed the technology themselves, they had to give you the FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, where you can pull down the records and see exactly what they're doing. So now they subcontract out all the work to independent private corporations so you can't see what the hell's going on. You have no clue what's out there. I'm in the private space industry. I've sat at the table with billion dollar private space corporations. I'm here to tell you the technology is 300 years ahead of whatever you can dream of. 300, not 40, not 50, not 100, 300. Whatever you can think, whatever you can imagine in your mind, whatever you can conjure up and think based on whatever sci-fi movie you saw before, I'm here to tell you it already exists. It already exists. And so they subcontract out these to these private corporations, right? Lockheed Martin, Skunk Works, and all these places, right? Northrop Grumman. These private corporations don't have to show you deadly squat. They're not going to show you anything. So trillions get poured into these companies. These companies have some of these poly tricksters on their boards of directors, right? Or some of their family members on their boards of directors. They trade shares behind closed doors, and they pay submarine money, money that goes out of the back door underneath. There you go. Thanks for the contract. And so then they develop these technologies, and there's nothing you can do to find out what the hell it is. You'll never know. There's a, there's a, a shuttle, a military shuttle called the X-33B. And the X-33B... You'll see it launch. They tell you the space shuttle program is closed down. No, they lied to you. It wasn't closed down. You can it's publicly available knowledge. You'll, you can see the launch. You can't hide it. So they have to tell you we're launching. But it's a private military shuttle called the X-33B. They don't have all these gigantic rocket boosters all over it. It just takes off and goes into space <laughs> like an airplane. You didn't even know it exists, did you? And guess what? It goes away for two years. It goes it goes away for over seven hundred days. And it, the, the missions are top secret. You don't know where it's going. And then it comes back. But they'll tell you when it lands. 
but you have no idea where, and it's a cargo plane. Where are they taking cargo to? You see? Again, monies are going to be diverted into projects that you have nothing, no clue about. I'm talking about breakaway civilizations, advanced space bases that are private military owned, that are top secret, advanced resource facilities, weapons facilities that are so advanced, nobody will ever know that they exist. And of course, you know, space weapons like the rods from God and all these other different types of technology that, that they're working on to continue to bring death and destruction, not only to the earth, but now, now to other places in, in the uh, solar system. And for whatever reason, uh, the people that have the positions of power have taken on the role of the only way that we can deal with anything or anyone has got to be death and destruction. We have to dominate and, 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 and dog you out. You know, there's no such thing as peace, empathy, love, understanding. Defend if we need to, but if we don't need to, how can we work together in unity and love? That doesn't exist in their vocabularies because it's all about power and domination. And how much money can they make now today from these private corporations while they're alive? And when they die, ah, oh, let the future people, let them people in the future sort, of, sort it all out. Who the hell with them? I, I got, I did, I lived my life good, real good. I did what I had to do. That's the mentality of these men. Short-sighted. Very, very short-sighted. So we've got the technology. It's out there. And these probes that they've been shooting down, they've shut down a few of these things already, one at 60,000, one at 40,000. Those are not UFOs. But the UFOs are out there. I've done a, a lot of research on UFOs, and I did a documentary called The Black Knight Satellite Beyond the Signal. And I believe that is a real probe that's watching us right above our heads. You can actually track it and look at it through a telescope, and it's still orbiting Earth till this very day. Watch this quick, tra uh, quick trailer. The Pyramids of Bulgaria. When we listen to the stones of the Bulgarian pyramids, we hear the forgotten story of the cosmic origins of humanity. And if you are ready to listen carefully, the stones will tell you their story, when the pyramids were built, who built them, and why. And you will hear the story of the sun, the moon, earth, and man and that of Lemuria and Atlantis. The Bulgarian pyramids are a 4D map of the heavens etched into Earth's crust. Together, we can decipher the message written in the stones. Join us to find out more at the Bulgarian Pyramid Project. Now you're dealing with all of these objects that are hanging out over your sensitive military installations, nuclear facilities, and now you're seeing objects in orbit? After I enhanced a little bit more, I could see that there was almost two halves of this craft. This is something that is intelligently made. Somebody is watching us. We should at least know who it is and why. The messengers, yes. they keep watching us because they're thinking, well, perhaps they're not doing the right thing. This is an actual NSA document. They are talking about communication through specific frequencies and then how we could communicate back with each. 
Black Knight is somehow correlated with the Baltic Constellation. I think there's a lot more to it. I saw a great question. It says, um, how come the government doesn't mess with the Black Knight satellite? Because they know better. <laughs> they estimated that it weighed about 15 uh, tons, just from an estimate, through an STS uh, mission, STS-88 mission. And when you have something that potentially is, has been up there for longer than we've even had a space program, <laughs> we don't know who put it there, what it's doing. All we do know is that it's giving off the location of the Epsilon Boetus constellation. And we know that the Epsilon Boetus constellation is owned by Enlil from the Sumerian tablet. So on Earth, we have a record of a being known as the Anunnaki on Earth having a reference to or ownership of the Boetus constellation. And then we have this device up there. And then the NSA discovers this signal and the NSA decodes the signal. The NSA, and it's giving up the location of what? The Boetus constellation. So you have three correlations here. And so since we don't know who these people are and what they're doing, if you mess with that thing, we don't know if it has a, a anti-defense mechanism. We don't know if we start to go to it, to probe it, to, to, to scan it. Even if we blow it out of the sky, out of, if we blow it up, we don't know if it's going to transmit to wherever it's going that, hey, they just attacked. And that can cause a whole other level of problems. So all of a sudden, you have a situation here. The smartest thing to do is leave it alone. It hasn't done anything in how many thousands of years, according to the time frame that they, they think it was up there. Let's just leave it alone and call it space junk. Because <laughs> if we mess with this thing, we could trigger a whole snowball effect that we don't want to happen, you see? <laughs> and so that's what's going on. Um, so, and by the way, guys, thank you for all the chat donations. All this goes to the Communities and Schools Program to help underprivileged children, which we just booked our seats to the next CIS event, and we'll be there handing them another check from all the YouTube donations, and we'll take that YouTube video of us there and the sponsorship package that we're doing with them, and we'll be putting it back up here on YouTube like we always do again. So thank you very much. So that's what's up with the Black Knight Satellite. Um, and by the way, I want to mention real quick before I wrap up, I have some more to tell you, but I want to mention that we have the Forbidden Conscious Awards coming up very, very soon. And the Forbidden Conscious Awards are going to be absolutely amazing. You don't want to miss this event. You can come to it live and in person in Miami, Florida, July 30th, 2023. I'll be speaking there. I'll be the keynote speaker at the first annual Forbidden Conscious Awards. I'm going to drop some real knowledge that night. It's going to be like a mini conference. You don't want to miss it. And you can vote for your favorite person. The favorite person, they don't, I don't care who it is. There's, there's 11 categories and one Lifetime Achievement Award, so you'll be able to vote for whoever you want to win an award that night. Check this out. Hey, everybody. It's Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. I want to talk to you about a very special event coming up July 30th, 2023. Forbidden Conscious, the first annual event of its type. We're going to honor people who have been contributing to the conscious community for decades. People that you know and love that have helped you get to higher levels of consciousness and awareness color. and guess what it's time to get flowers it's going to be a live in-person event you're going to sell out very fast you want to make sure you're there in person it's an amazing level event it's going to be above yeah. the Oscars above the Grammys and guess what you can help vote for the winners voting is available on ForbiddenKnowledge.com and the categories are going to be social media influencer podcast slash radio TV host, actor, director, producer, entrepreneurs, health and wellness, philanthropists, authors, field researchers, archaeologists, space anomaly hunters, and of course, a lifetime achievement award. If you want to be there in person, I'm going to be speaking. That's right, I'll be 
speaker that night at the Forbidden Conference. If you want to come to a mini conference, this is the place to be because I'm going to give you the knowledge that night as well as performances. We have celebrity guests performing. We'll have a halftime show where we're actually going to perform music for you. And don't forget about the pre-event mixer where if you buy a box seat, you'll be in the VIP section and you also have private access to a VIP mixer with celebrity guests. Shake hands, break bread, network, and then walk the red carpet with us and take an amazing photo. It's going to be a night to remember. You don't want to forget this. And you help vote by going to ForbiddenKnowledge.com conscious awards link you can text in a vote for who you want for any category as well as if you're out of the country you can web form ballots for anyone who think is worthy of being honored that night make sure you hurry up and get your tickets because they're selling out very fast i want to see you there forbidden conscious awards 2023 two weeks ago so that might still be uh, applicable Ooh, it's going to be fire. That's where you want to be. I'm telling you, you want to be in the house that night, walk the red carpet with me, take photos. It's going to be an amazing night to remember. Of those categories... Those categories, the Graham Hancock should get. I'm talking about a breathtaking venue. The venue itself is so beautiful. When you walk in, it literally takes your breath away. That was the actual venue in the video. It's a mind blowing venue. It kind of looks like the uh, like the opera house in Australia. I mean, it's it's just that beautiful. It's a place that you will you will never forget. And we're going to give awards to people that have been I don't want to say ignored. Uh, we're, you know, we're their fans. We're there. We're following them. We're, you know, supporting them. But man, the world needs to know what these people have done and what they've meant to us. And so we're going to be the ones that give them their flowers while they're still alive. I just dropped the link in the comments a couple of times. I dropped the link underneath the caption of this video or, or this audio podcast. Make sure you click that link. Go there. Check out all the categories. You can vote by text message. And you can also vote by web ballot if you're not in the United States. So this is global voting for the global community. And don't forget to get your ticket. Click on that ticket link. Get your tickets. And I want to see you there in person at the Forbidden Conscious Awards. And oh, yeah, one thing you didn't get in that video with the new ones being made. We're giving away an Audi A4 for an Audi A4 that night. It'll be at the venue with a big red bow. I know what he thinks about electric vehicles. On top. So your ticket is your, uh, you buy to get in, is also your raffle ticket to win the car. Somebody in the audience that night will win the Audi A4, all right? So if you, but you have to be there in person to win the car because you have to be sitting in the audience for the ticket. It's going to be an amazing night to remember. And one thing I want to wrap before I wrap up and talk about, so a little bit more about what I was talking about tonight with these UAPs and so forth and the, and the, and the Space Force, I want to also let you know that 
We are raffling the Mercedes-Benz AMG. We did the Rolls-Royce. We did the Ford before. Now we're doing the Mercedes-Benz AMG. Oh, and this, man, the on. proceeds of, from this, or most of the proceeds, car. actually go to CIS as a win. What the hell is all that? $44 per ticket, Mercedes-Benz. All right, I dropped the link for the Mercedes-Benz raffle in the chat. It's also in the comments underneath this video. All right, and now, so wrapping up, this is just a summary of what we talked about tonight, understanding that there are UFOs that are real, in my opinion. I believe it wholeheartedly. I'm personally an experience for myself. You have to understand that there's an agenda. The agenda is to pump fear. That's what the news is all about. It's a fear-pumping programming station. And they just pump the fear out. Because once the fear is pumped out, and the person and the people absorb that fear, then that's when they can manipulate you. Once the fear spikes your cortisol and all your hormones and your dopamine and everything else, now they've got you in a place where they can literally just manipulate you, bend you to, your, to their will. They can make you take Jabowskis. You know what those are. They can make you take medicine. They can make you ill. They can make you afraid, so afraid that they can take away all your rights. It's all about fear. They can take your money and do whatever they want to do with your money because you're afraid, you see? And that's the whole gist behind the whole thing. So again, you will begin to see situations where you'll hear rumors of, oh, this thing buzzed this ship, or this thing came over here. If, it, if, if, if any of these things show up and actually attack, you hear the word attacked us. Odds are, it's not an alien. <laughs> Odds are, it's us attacking us in order to justify the next move, right? In order to justify the next move. So you have to understand that there's an agenda at play at all times. And their agenda is to generate money and power by any means necessary. And the easiest and the most abundant currency that they have access to on this planet fear. That's what they thrive on. They are energy vampires. See, how they do this is they create an absolute system that goes around the entire Why aren't you investing in real estate? Seriously, what are you doing to own property in 2023? This is they create an absolute system goes around the entire planet called TV programming and radio programming. Programming to program you, right? To program you. And that programming code goes out in the form of radio waves and light waves, right? If it's coming from the TV, but also you have the audio. And if the radio, it's got a radio wave that's circulating. Radio waves, audio waves, and lights, all are waves. Waves, all light. Different versions or different uh, lengths of wave light but they're all three different types of light waves. Those light waves are encoded with information that they encode onto the wave. When it hits your ear and your eyes, it's sent in through the cochlea in your ear, through the retina, goes to the back of the brain. The brain sorts it all out, and it, it reads the programming code. And the programming code triggers your flight and fright response system and gets you afraid, triggers your cortisol response, 
and puts you in fear mode. Once it does that, the blood from the front of your brain gets sucked to the back of your brain. Now you're not able to make good decisions anymore. Now you're prone to making poor decisions. This is the psychology behind what they do. Okay? And this information is, what I'm telling you is any psychologist will tell you this. This is real information. It's real science. This isn't woo-woo. I'm talking real science, real basic psychiatry. Psychiatry 101, as a matter of fact. When I was at MIT studying neuroscience, this is one of the topics. And so you have to understand that they are literally putting you in a state of mind where they can control your mind because the blood flow has been literally shifted in your mind. And once they have your blood flow shifted, they can do anything. They can take away your guns. They can take away your rights. They can force you to get medicine that you don't want to take. They can do whatever they want to do. And guess what? You will line up to do it. Anything to help you subside the fear. You see? It's a manipulation tactic. So you have to understand that you will hear rumors of things, but if you hear an attack, just remember what I told you. The Gulf of Tonkin incident was a fake attack to justify a 30-year war in Vietnam, which now my uncle is dying from Agent Orange because he took the orders from some clown in a suit to go out there and dump that Agent Orange on innocent women and children, right, and kill them and deform them for generations because it... Generations go by, people are still being deformed by that stuff. Meanwhile, they give everybody cancer, including his whole battalion. And now he's got stage four cancer. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do better. We gotta stop. We have to stop playing these stupid games. If you're in the military, if you're a police officer, you have to stop and say to yourself, are these orders that are being given to me going to help humanity or harm humanity? If I fulfill these orders, am I going to be destructive or constructive? Just ask yourself that simple question and make the right decision. I know you've got to pay your bills. Killing people to pay your bills is not a way to pay your damn bills. 99% of these wars that have been fought in the last few decades have been fought over resources. Fake wars, puppet wars, nothing to defend Americans' freedom. There's nobody out there fighting for my freedom right now. It's about how many resources can we steal, how many puppet dictators can we put in place, and how much can we, so many corporations can profit from this that can slide money to us and, you know, uh, for lobbying. How many billions of dollars can we steal from lob you know, getting lobbying money? to create fake laws that allow them to do whatever they want to do, but I, got, I don't care because I got the money in my pocket now. That's what's going on out here. So we just got to wake up as a humanity, man. We got to do better. We have a chance to really change this planet. We have a chance to turn everything around. We have the numbers. We have 8 billion people. But this divide and conquer system has got everybody really at odds against each other, right? Light-skinned black against dark-skinned black. White against white Jews against white, uh, you know, uh, uh, European. I mean, I just, I just, come on, man. It, it, it's got to stop. We keep falling for these tricks. At some Divide point, we got to slap up. ourselves, man, and wake up and say, what well, we've been put into a stupor. We got to stop this. Divide and conquer. 
every neighbor is my brother. Every neighbor is my sister. How can we work together? How can we build on this? How can we change this situation? Because we're all in the same boat. Whether you think you're not are or not, you're in the same boat. All of us are in the same boat. Every single one of us. Because we, we're in the matrix. We're in their financial matrix. It can only be broken one way. When we stop playing their game. That's it. And the day that that happens, then it will happen. Because no empire persists forever. There's no history book that I've ever read, and I've read over a thousand books, where one empire that existed in ancient times still exists today. Every empire falls at some point. Everything happens in cycles. We just happen to be alive during the cycle where this particular empire is ruling and running. And there's a lot of great things about America. I'm not bashing America 100%. There's a lot of great things about being here. There's a lot of great freedoms that we have here. You can't get in any other country. I've been around the world five times just in 2022 alone, right? According to Google Locator, which I posted socially, on my, posted on my social media. But what I am saying is that there's a, a very small group of elite oligarchs that are the puppeteers controlling the puppets that are running at the government level that really truthfully don't really care about us. They care about their next profit. They care about how much more power they can wield over other people. Those are the people that need to be ousted. Those are the ones, the ones that are creating the laws that allow them to float and free and do what they want, while the rest of us are dominated over by these laws and rules and regulations and our freedoms are taken away, while they don't even, they don't even feel it because they're able to bypass laws and break situations because of their position in power. Those are the ones we need to be getting rid of and getting out. See, and we need a whole new type of system here. This political system, this poly trickster system that keeps people fighting each other and at odds with each other is garbage. Left wing, right wing. It's all from the same bird. All lambs led to slaughter. When you walk down that voting line, every single lamb led to slaughter. You come out of that line. You when you put when you vote for one of them people, you come out of the line, your head's been chopped off. It grows back in four years, and you go back and let them chop it off again. I remember I was a little kid, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to wrap it up. I was living in Opelika, Florida, down in Miami. And uh, this is, I don't know, if it was 1978, maybe. It was some election coming up. I think it was Jimmy Carter. There's so many presidents I've been through. I go all the way back, the way back to, to uh, <laughs> Jimmy Carter, and even before him, actually. But anyway, Jimmy Carter at this particular time, I was telling my mom, I was laughing, and I was saying, this is, how many? How long are you adults going to fall for this Billy trick? Carson, and my mom laughed at me and said, what are you talking about, son? Are they and I said, this trick, this voting worse? trick. Question she said, what do you mean? I said, look where we live. It's going to be the same after this guy gets becomes the president. I said, it's going to be the same way it looks now. It's going to be the same way tomorrow. And guess what? I went down to that same neighborhood a few months ago. It's worse. <laughs> it's actually worse. worse. So it doesn't matter. What matters is you. You are the one that matters. You are the one that can take control and power. You are the one that can clean up your neighborhood. You are the one that can help empower children in your neighborhood and get them off the streets and get them on drugs. You are the one that can fix up the city and create programs for inner, inner city children and, and people keeping kids in the suburbs. You're the one that can help uh, create programs for education. You're the one. It's not them. Stop waiting on them because all they're going to do is give you this fake space stuff and get you scared so they can steal your money. That's what they're going to do. That's exactly what they're going to do. And they're going to keep doing it because we keep falling for it. At some point, we got to go, you know what? 
Y'all got me. Y'all, y'all, y'all got me. Y'all, you know, y'all got me. You got me for a good, you know, whatever, how many years. But you know what? From now I see. Now I'm changing it all the way up. I challenge everyone on my live right now. When you go down to the voting box to vote for the president, do what I do. I challenge you. Write your own name on the ballot and drop it in the box like I do. And then walk out of there knowing you just literally nominated yourself for the president. And when you walk away, you become the president of your own life. I do it every four years. I challenge you to do that. Imagine if 20 million people put their own name on the ballot. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine if 100 million people put their own name on the ballot. Now, that's a real stance right there. That'll make international news. We got to stop voting for these clowns. All they want to do is scare you and steal your money, period. All right. Guys, a lot of great stuff going on. Thank you for hopping on here tonight. I really appreciate you. I want to see you at the Forbidden Conscious Award. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to play that one more time and drop the link in the chat. And then I'm out of here. But we, the, I'm telling you, the Forbidden Conscious Awards is going to be something that you've never seen before on a level that you've never seen before. Hey, everybody. It's Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. I want to talk to you about a very special event coming up July 30th, 2023. The Forbidden Conscious Awards, the first annual event of its type. We're going to honor people who have been contributing to the conscious community for decades. People that you know and love that have helped you get to higher levels of thought and consciousness and awareness. And guess what? It's time to give them their flowers while they're still alive. It's going to be a live in-person event, but seats are going to sell out very fast. You want to make sure you're there in person for this amazing level event. It's going to be above the Oscars, above the Grammys. And guess what? You can help vote for the winners. Voting is available on ForbiddenKnowledge.com. And the categories are going to be social media influencer, podcast slash radio host, TV host, actor, director, producer, entrepreneurs, health and wellness, philanthropists, authors, field researchers, archaeologists, space anomaly hunters, and of course, a Lifetime Achievement Award. And you want to be there in person because I'm going to be speaking. That's right. I'll be your keynote speaker that night at the Forbidden Conscious Awards. If you want to come to a mini conference, this is the place to be because I'm going to give you the knowledge that night as well as performances. We have celebrity guests performing. We'll have a halftime show where we're actually going to perform music for you. And don't forget about the pre-event mixer where if you buy a box seat, you'll be in the VIP section and you also have private access to a VIP mixer with celebrity guests. Shake hands, break bread, network, and then walk the red carpet with us and take amazing photos. It's going to be a night to remember. You don't want to forget this. And you help vote by going to ForbiddenKnowledge.com or the Deconscious Awards link. You can text in a vote for who you want for any category, as well as if you're out of the country, you can use the web form ballot to still vote for anyone you think is worthy of being honored that night. Make sure you hurry up and get your tickets because they're selling out very fast. I want to see you there. Forbidden Conscious Awards 2023. Alright everyone, and with that being said, peace and love, third eye love. I love you guys. I gotta get out of here because I gotta I have to hop on an Instagram live with the host of the Forbidden Conscious Awards, Chris Spencer. So I'm gonna head over to IG and go live right now. All right. Peace and love, everyone. Let's see here.
social media social media influencer social media uh my just no my in my just touch uh Influencer, Midas Touch, and Ben Marcellus, Actor, Johnny Depp. Um, what's that, what's that really cool black dudes? He's real profound. Oh, definitely not Will Smith. Um, I want to say Sam, Sam Donaldson, Sam, no, shoot, he's the dude that played just like the guy who got all biblical in the in Pulp Fiction. By the eyes of the Lord's. Let's uh, see, shall I be my brother's keeper? Michael Popak. Michael Popak. Karen Friedman. Um, oh, um, that liar, like, well, she's, you know, she, you don't hear anything more about her. But the Johnny Depp's liar, she was fucking great. And, who else? Um, definitely, definitely, Graham. Hancock, Michael Tessarian,
first now and cover all the pro-democracy. And am hot fire fire hot on the trail of Trumpy Buncher. They're going to fucking jail. A lot of Michaels. Graham Hancock's fucking amazing. Jimmy West. Robert Shock. All those guys. I invented the blog. Apparently. That's what my friend told me. Right. Okay, I'm gonna pull up. You, and then, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm gonna take a still, I'm gonna screenshot that. So I want to nominate you, Billy Carson. Oh shit. Comment failed to post figures. You don't want me to select all. Okay, comment failed to post. Uh, what? The discards. Right. I think it's because um, it's uh, like the cartels like intercepting all our. Hi, welcome back. We're going to listen to 2023 Hidden Truth Billy Carson, Forbidden Mysteries on Ancient Civilizations, DNA, and Naki and Frequency. That we all appear to be <laughs> one consciousness. And that there is only one mind, and that 
what the what the universal conscious consciousness seems to have done is divided itself into trillions and trillions, maybe even Googles of entities, so it can uh, you know subjectively observe itself and experience itself as many different objects and things and people and everything else. Every perspective, even a blade of grass or a rock. And so when you look at that on a large scale, you realize the same thing with the human mind. Our human mind is encased in darkness and it has senses, the five senses. Those five senses are what gives, gives the brain the data. So for us human beings, for example, we are a part of a sensory system for the main consciousness and we're out here gathering data and transmitting it back to the main source as above, so below. It's all fractals. I believe that there are podcast episodes and people that open up your mind to new ideas. But then I believe that there are podcast episodes and people that completely shatter and alter your perception of reality. This episode is one of the latter because introducing our guest, Billy Carson, it almost starts to feel overwhelming for me to begin to introduce someone like Billy because he is a true polymath in every sense of the word. He's an MIT alumnus with a certificate of science with a focus on neuroscience. But not only that, he is an expert on topic, topics ranging from hermetic sciences to hidden technologies from past civilizations. What's interesting about Billy is that he's a true field researcher, meaning that he doesn't research these things behind a computer. He actually travels and puts in the work to go to these ancient sites, the pyramids in Egypt, Machu Picchu in Peru, and absorb the wisdom and knowledge from the people that understand the stories, not the stories that have been given to us by the media or through history books, but the true word of mouth stories that these Aboriginal uh, tribes have held with them for thousands and thousands of years. What we're about to present in this episode is a new human story. You're going to learn things like how to actually manifest through frequency, how to understand what really happened to the human race. Did we get intervened by alien races? These are topics that I would love to open a portal for us to dive into with an open mind and heart. The core of this podcast is to stay open and explore new ideas because if you're here right now, if you're tuning into this frequency, which Billy and I, we embedded this show with frequencies that are very high, you are ready for this information. And humanity is ready for this information. That's why we're here. We're here to seed new ways of thinking and new ways of being in the world because the paradigms right now are no longer functioning. So we have people like Billy that I have the blessed opportunity to introduce you to that are changing the game. And through their work, through their investigations, they're giving humanity a new map to the future and what is actually going on. Billy has been featured as a regular guest on Gaia Travel History and Discovery Networks. He's even exploring secret space programs, ETs, ancient anomalies, potential human origins, and he's the CEO of a first-class space agency. 
what hasn't Billy done in this lifetime? Um, as the founder of Forbidden Knowledge right now, he is focused on bringing hidden truths to the mainstream public so that we can get empowered and we can learn our true potential that we hold in this vessel, in this lifetime, as souls living a human experience. So I am humbled to introduce you to this episode. Uh, Billy said at the end that it was one of the best interviews that he's ever done. And I say that with such a humble energy. Um, and I encourage you, if you believe the same, if this is something that blew your mind, subscribe to this channel, this podcast, leave a comment, like this episode, share it with your community. And let's start getting forbidden knowledge out to the mainstream. Much love. Billy Carson, welcome to the podcast, brother. What are you most excited about right now in your life? Right now, I'm really excited about the opportunity that I've been blessed with and been given to be able to spread knowledge globally, uh, working on a lot of independent films, independent documentaries, independently produced TV series, and trying to gather all of the great minds from around the world and bring them to my TV network so that I can let the masses get access to information that the mainstream just won't put out for whatever reason. I love that. And I fully resonate with your mission, brother. And it's such a true honor to be here. Um, you Thank hold you. so Same much, here. so much sacred wisdom. Uh, and for the past, what is it? 30, 40 years, 30 years, mm -hmm. you've been studying this work and yeah. going deep into sacred knowledge, ancient knowledge, ancient technologies. From the age of one, you were already reading books, right? And yeah. you've yeah. had a couple <laughs> of encounter experiences that I know we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah. But I wanted to start off because I know that there is a pulse right now in the world that we're seeing yeah. and something new is emerging. And mm -hmm. you've been studying this because even from the tablets, uh, the Emerald Tablets of Toth, they were telling us about this time in humanity. This yeah. new birthing of a, of a new human, uh, a bit mm -hmm. of time. So I wanted to ask you from your perspective, looking in, yeah. what is this pulse that's going on in the world right now? Well, right now we're at the perfect time. We're on the precipice where we can go toward this usher, toward this golden age, or we can go back down into the dark depths. I feel like we're really teetering to the side that's moving back towards that golden age. I really feel like we're in the Tetra Yuga which is the silver part of the silver age, the beginning of the silver age, heading back towards the golden age. And Thoth talked about this in the Emerald Tablets, and he talked about uh, putting out this wisdom and this knowledge, not for the people of his current era, but for a time far in the future where people can really digest, discern, understand, and conceptualize exactly what he was talking about and then put action behind it and bring it to fruition, make it an actual reality. And the short version of it is, is us seeking the light and bringing heaven to earth, understanding that we have the capability and the power of being our co-creators in our reality, and that we can choose the light. It doesn't always have to be dark. Uh, even though there is a, a balance of yin and yang, we can seek the light. And he said he watched civilizations around the universe rise and fall, and that we would be rising around this time. And that's exactly what's happening now. And, and now that we brought up Thoth, I just wanted to give people a quick context. Who was this amazing being that lived on the earth uh, many, many years yeah. ago, 36,000 years ago. Yeah, amazing being. I mean, countless years he's existed. He is the son of Ia Enki, 
a former ruler here on Earth in ancient times, one of the original Sumerian pantheons. But these people were Anunnaki. They were beings from beings who came from heaven to Earth. That's what Anunnaki means. It doesn't mean they were a specific race. It means that they came from outer space and came to this planet in the distant past. Uh, he ruled over the land of Kem for 14,000 years, according to the Egyptians, not according to me. Yeah. That's an enormous amount of time. Uh, and, you know, these kings lists and records have been kept for eons. So it's well documented that uh, this was his thing. And then he's been known to the Greeks as Hermes and Mercury, you know, to the Romans. He's been uh, known as Quetzalcoatl and Kukulkan to the Mayans. And he developed the Teotihuacan culture. This, this gentleman has literally uh, spanned the entire globe, bringing and teaching knowledge along with him. Uh, after the Great Flood, he started back in the land of Kem, and his mission was to bring mankind back up to a high level of civilization, meaning we had already been there before, but we had forgotten, lost our way after that geological catastrophe, and he was his mission was to bring us back. And he had spread his team around the entire planet to go on a mission just to do that. Yeah, and and I've heard you mention Thoth the Atlantean. So he was around, and you mentioned the land of Kem, which modern day, it's, it's Egypt. Yeah. Uh, was this cataclysm that happened, are we talking about ancient Atlantis or are we talking about a different time period? We're talking ancient Atlantis. If you look at the time period that uh, he's talking about coming back and rebuilding, starting back in the land of Kem after the Great Flood, we're talking about a, a, a situation where obviously there was a global geological disaster which sunk the actual one, one of the actual capitals of Atlantis which is most likely in the Atlantic Ocean, hence Atlantis, Atlantic. Uh, and But that was just one capital of many, and that this may have been a targeted attack that created this disaster on Earth, but that there were many capitals around the entire Earth, and at some point they commenced some type of a global war, which didn't just span on Earth, it spanned from Earth to the moon and even as far out as Mars. Hmm. And, and Thoth, he left behind these scriptures, these essentially cosmic laws for people um, yeah. of this age. Uh, we're beginning, and, th and there was a man, um, I'm blanking on his name, but you, you based a lot of the research on your book uh, mm -hmm. on him rediscovering these tablets, being guided yeah. by, by Thoth to rediscover them, bring them back to the pyramids. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, just like from all these cosmic laws, because there's so much in there. Yeah. What are some of the laws that you've investigated the most, the most that the ones that have most resonated with you, uh, that have impacted and influenced your current life, your present reality? What are those cosmic laws that we can all learn about? Yeah, definitely. We're talking about Michael Doriel. Michael Doriel. And so uh, these laws really became the comedic principles initially. Then they became known as the hermetic principles later uh, by the Greeks. And these principles, these laws, they govern the entire universe. And these laws are unimmutable, according to Thoth. And these laws, really, if you analyze them, they are what we now are talking about in quantum physics and quantum mechanics. And the first law is that all is mental. So this entire universe is one giant mind, and everything exists or starts with, first, the mind. And to prove this, the device that I'm using to talk to you and see you and speak to you right now and vice versa it all started off as a thought in a mind, a conscious thought, which then, so that was on the multidimensional platform, which then at some point went to a 2D platform where it was drawn out either by hand or on a computer. 
And then from there, it was given to an engineer to turn it into a three-dimensional object that can maneuver in space-time. And now we have a three-dimensional object that we can communicate through. And so, you know, it's pretty amazing that all this mind. The second one really is um, the principle of uh, 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 as above, so below. And we see from the larger um, aspect of reality that we all appear to be one consciousness and that there is only one mind and that what the what the universal conscious, consciousness seems to have done is divided itself into trillions and trillions, maybe even Googles of entities, so it can, uh, you know, subjectively observe itself and experience itself as many different objects and things and people and everything else. From every perspective, even a blade of grass or a rock. And so when you look at that on a large scale, you realize the same thing with the human mind. Our human mind is encased in darkness yeah. and right. it has senses, the five senses. Those five senses are what gives, gives the brain the data. So for us human beings, for example, we are a part of a sensory system for the main consciousness. And we're out here gathering data and transmitting it back to the main source, mm -hmm. as above, so below. It's all fractals. Yeah. And then the most important one to me also is the principle of cause and effect. And so we're seeing that every single decision you make, and I mean every decision, good or bad, is going to have a consequence, good or bad. Mm. And so when you start to analyze every outcome, pre-think every potential outcome, because we know that the universe outcomes exist in superposition in quantum physics. Multiple outcomes exist until you collapse one reality. And so when you start to think that way, all of a sudden you can collapse the reality that you want by making the right decision. So you have to travel in time with your consciousness to the future, analyze potential future outcomes, pick the one you want to happen, then travel back in time to your mind and make the right decision to create the future outcome that you want. And, and we're talking about consciousness, and we also mentioned the brain, and it's really exciting because in a couple of days, we're going to have on uh, Eben Alexander, um, mm. near-death experience, um, one yeah. of the most well-accounted <laughs> in the world. And he used to believe that brain, without the brain, there's no consciousness. And then he went mm. brain dead for seven days, but wow. he traveled you know, realms, and he remembered his whole experience. So... When we talk about consciousness, what is beneath that that is not related to just the brain as an organ yeah. in itself? Right. That's an amazing epiphany he had because the brain does not create consciousness. Mm. The brain downloads consciousness. Consciousness is actually streaming in from higher dimensions, just like gravity is coming from higher dimensions. By the time it gets to the third dimension, gravity is extremely weak. Yeah. It's spanned through multiple dimensions. Our, our same thing with our, with our consciousness. We're, it's actually coming from way much higher dimensions and streaming down. Now, this avatar body is literally encoded to pick up a specific dot frequency. In other words, I'm 99.1, you're 99.2, somebody else is 99.3. We're all coming from the same radio station. However, our fine-tuned to pick up a point dot number of that frequency. So this avatar encapsulates a specific a specific version of that frequency and encapsulates it temporally in time, temporary but temporally, into this avatar body for the purpose of us being able to animate it throughout its lifetime and then also then transmit back to source the information. So the consciousness is actually existing outside of us, yeah. not inside of us. Mm. We, we, we just went there. It's, it's Scorpio season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Billy, I was I was really curious because when we talk about the frequencies and that we can attune ourselves to certain frequencies. For example, this morning I was doing this meditation uh, by Dr. Joe Dispenza called "Synchronize Your Energy to Love," mm. and and it's amazing what happens because you get in this place where your pure consciousness, your pure awareness, and you start tuning into the the station of whatever that frequency of love is, or the same can be implied with abundance or mm -hmm. joy or gratitude. Um, I wanted to unlock that for people and, and, and allow you to explore that a little bit deeper, how we can synchronize our energy to certain yeah. frequencies and be able to attract in our life whatever mm -hmm. that specific frequency we intention to be. Oh, absolutely. You talk about love, that's, what's the, that's the highest frequency, 528 hertz. Uh, it's the highest frequency you can get in terms of operating and maneuvering on this planet in complete and pure power and understanding how to maneuver and wield that power. But anything can be matched to a specific frequency. If you look at Albert Einstein's uh, theory of relativity and you look at a graphic of it, you'll see like a planet in space. And that planet in space is warping space time around it. Just like space-time warps around our bodies, but the bigger the mass, the bigger the warping. Now, what happens is when you have warped space-time, objects in space will fall towards the largest mass, okay? So this is how come asteroids and comets come streaming in toward the sun, right? Because they're falling towards the sun. Now, take out the planet and put your consciousness in that spot. You're, it's so powerful that you have the capability of warping space-time with your consciousness, and so if you perceive it that way, now, whatever you think of, whatever you're focusing on the hardest is warping space-time, and the things that you're focusing on fall directly toward you. You don't run out to seek and chase after these things. That's the wrong mentality. The right mentality is to attract. If you focus on attracting, then you reach something that very few people ever attain. You achieve the ability to understand the true power that's already inside of you and how to draw things to you like a magnet. And that's, so that's how I try to operate every single day. I don't try to chase. I try to attract. Yeah. And then we've heard those cliche memes all over Instagram. Don't chase, attract. But it's literally what you're doing whenever you, yeah. you know, focus your intention and consciousness on a specific thing. I'd love to right. open the space for you to maybe tell a story of when that really clicked for you when you created something and you became this magnet of whatever you were trying to attract because you built incredible things from you know dot-com companies to now your forbidden knowledge whole platform which is is really amazing what you're doing right now thank you you know it really started early for me uh i would say i became first aware of my ability to control my destiny so to speak and attract what i needed when I was uh, living in Miami, Florida, very poor, desolate, no money, no money for the ice cream truck, which is what I saw my friends doing every single day. And I was like, how come they can go to the ice cream truck? And we're both neighbors and we're both poor. It seemed like they had so much more money than me because they were buying ice creams and pickles, all kind of stuff. And I couldn't get anything. I just wanted a bubble gum. And so one day I had enough and I sat down and I literally just kept thinking to myself, how can I change this? How can I have money to go to the ice cream truck? And I said, oh. I sell my toys. So I gathered up all my toys in an old and Dixie milk crate and I went door to door asking for donations and I started giving away my toys for donations, a dollar, a penny, whatever, selling to people like I just want some money for the ice cream truck. And people were giving me money. I gave my, my toys away, even the broken toys. I sold those too. 
And I took this famous picture of me holding the money in my hand. And that moment I realized I was going to be okay, that I was in control of my own destiny and that my actions would attract what I needed. And so my conscious thought backed by action, put the money in my hands, which the next day then turned into my bubble gum. And I made that connection. Like it was like the epiphany. It wasn't going to be a one-off situation that just happened in my life. I realized this is how I'm going to live from this point forward. I'm never going to change this. This is going to work. I, I realized early in my life that this would work for anything I applied it to. Mm. And so I began to do my own thought experiments and I would apply the same technique to other things. Yeah. And it worked every single time. And I literally started to become a master at manifesting from a very, very young age because I had that fundamental principle at an early age and I just kept building on it and building on it. And the more I built on it, the more my belief system in myself became stronger and stronger and understanding my own true power and how to walk in my own power became stronger and stronger to the point now where, you know, I feel like I could manifest things almost instantly. I mean, I have to really be careful what I think now, because if I think the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, it comes almost instantaneously. So I have to be very thoughtful and mindful of my own words and my own self-talk. If you could summarize that principle that you learned at a young age in like a sentence or two, what, what would it be? Yeah. I would say that understanding that if you want to focus on something to become your reality, you first have to focus on it, but then figure out what is the action that's going to help you get to that end result. And if you can find the action needed and then take that action, the end result is going to come to you. And it's going to also open other new doors, other new avenues in your life that you never thought existed. And then you'll be able to manifest those things that you need and want. They'll come right to you right when you need them. And you'll be able to walk in abundance 24 seven. And and it's all it's also right there when we hear like law of attraction. What are the final words of attraction, which is action? What you're saying is like you, we have to be inspired by that vision and then also yeah. take the necessary steps to, to go out there and, and, and attract and receive all that information and, right. and opportunities and doors that open. I wanted to ask you when you mentioned that whenever you think something and, and you have to be mm -hmm. sort of careful what you think, and this applies to everyone, um, yeah. when you manifest it quicker. Is this because essentially you're operating at a high frequency that every thought that you have, like I've, I've been at these Dr. Joe Dispenza events and it's yeah. crazy what happens. Like, cause you're, you're elevating with a group, you're getting coherent with a group. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, you say something and then things start happening and you mm -hmm. just start manifesting at a super quick pace. And this almost lasts, you know, the, the, the post retreat effect so right. <laughs> when we hear about raising frequency, mm -hmm. I wanted to explain that with a little bit of science so people understand what is actually yeah. going on. In that sure, exactly. If you look at a person's consciousness, right, you connect a EEG to the brain, you connect some sensors, you plug it into a computer and you have them start doing random thoughts. We'll start thinking about being sad or show, show, show them photos of somebody that, uh, you know, that's sad or hurt or crying or, or, or ill or dying in a hospital. You can see that the frequency on the oscillation on the screen is going to be a very slow and wide frequency, a high trough uh, and a low valley, but it's going to be spread out. And what's going to happen is they're operating at a low frequency biologically. Yeah. You show people things that are energetic, happiness, excitement, joy, or get them to start saying those things. You're going to see the oscillations are going to be very, very tight and high and very close together, meaning that there's less space in between the cosine wave, which means they're operating at a high frequency. Their mind is at a higher frequency. They're in a different mind state. 
And so once you become a master at manifesting, you know how to flip a switch to get your mind into that, into that state almost immediately. And when you're in that state, anything you say or do is going to have an equal opposite reaction somewhere in the universe. And so if you uh, are, you know, if I say, I said, for example, I said to Elizabeth the other day, um, this is a couple of months ago, we need to have a Forbidden Conscious Awards. Within a few minutes, she's like, I already have somebody working on the logo. The next <laughs> thing I know, I'm looking for venues. The next thing I know, we couldn't find one, but somebody contacted us. Now we got it. And it just kept going, boom, 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 right down the list. Now it's actually booked and happening. Mm. And so, you know, you have to be careful because that's a big commitment. It's a, you know, multi-hundred-thousand-dollar commitment to be into. So you have to be careful. Yeah. With that, you got to do the work. You know, so you understand that the mind is so powerful when you get on that high frequency state and you understand how to trigger it and you understand that the mind is going to respond. High frequency is going to respond to a powerful mind and knowledge of self. If you are uh, confident, believing in yourself, not outside sources, you're not relinquishing your power away to other sources to give you vindication, then you're walking in a high frequency once you start begging, hoping, and wishing out for other sources, other deities, other people mm -hmm. to come in and save you, that's low frequency. Yeah. I even, I even heard you say in a lecture that when people were had, had these EEG machines on and they were hoping or essentially, you know, you know, praying for something outside of them to right. whatever happened, those waves were longer <laughs> they, and slower. Spread out. Split out. Yeah. Um, but when you yeah, know it's, it's happening, so when you say, and, and that's why in, in a lot of um, like intention setting, it ends with, so it is yes. essentially saying it already had happened. It already yeah. has happened in, you know, the quantum potentials and then right. the, the brain waves and then that speeds up. So, it's, you know, you can even see that connects. you can even see that through our brain and what's actually going on. I wanted to ask you, why are humans amongst the most coveted beings uh, in the galaxy? Well, if you look at the myth of Adapa, which is an ancient Sumerian uh, text, it's written about Adapa, who's actually Adamu, first man. It's the most advanced version of Homo sapiens sapiens, which is us. It talks about, these are the Anunnaki speaking. They say that the Adapa is created to be even higher than they are. We have a special genetic code inside of us that is very deceptive because initially it looks like, you know, we come out of the womb, we don't know how to speak, talk, we don't have no memories of, of, of past lives or information, we don't have any uh, genetics that pass on instantaneous knowledge for us like an animal would. We have to learn everything from scratch. Uh, and then we look feeble and weak and everything else, but all of a sudden inside of us is a serious code and locked in that what they call junk DNA that they put there that will allow us to reconnect, reestablish, and even become higher in their eyes than they are, and that all the knowledge and wisdom of the universe is encoded into our bodies. That's an amazing statement to be made. This is an ancient text. Anybody can look it up, the myth mm. of Adapa. Mm. Pretty powerful stuff. And I think that uh, human beings have are so have so much potential, a potential for love, for potential for creativity, for potential for uh, technological advances and, and empathy and everything else that uh, we have the capability of being a, uh, uh, if you want to call it a, a footprint for what a being or sentient being should look like and operate like, you know, uh, in, in the universe. And I think that we have the capability to reach back out to our 
our brothers and our cousins in space. And we came, we came from absolute zero and we're going to get back to hero. And I think that it's really interesting for them to operate and watch us. It's like how we go in the wilderness and we watch animals. Yeah. We watch them and we take videos of them and we put cameras in their dens because we want to see how are they operating, how are they living. And it intrigues us. And we, we, we alien abduct them by darting them and knocking them out. And then we take them and we put alien implants in them so we can track them. And I think this is kind of the same thing that's happening with us just because We've gone from a horse buggy and carriage in 100 years all the way to putting remote control cars on other planets. And even now we have Voyager, which has already left this in intergalactic space. So it's a pretty amazing accomplishment to do in 100 years. And I think it's a, it's a real amazement for them to see how far we can go in two, three, four hundred years. We're, we're being heavily watched. Mm. And, and even the most renowned scientists right now, like people like Michu Kaku, are saying and they're talking about connecting with you know, ET races, outer worldly races and, and species yeah. and technologies. And you've had a couple experiences um, from, from your end. And I wanted to ask yeah. you, like, where where is the current standing right now for you um, yeah. in terms of uh, the disclosure that's going on right now? Uh, and where is that headed in the future? Are we going to be making more contact? Are we already making contact? Where, where are we mm -hmm. at right now? I think it's really interesting. You know, our first UFO encounter was I saw one in my backyard when I was seven in Opelika, Florida, in Miami. And then the second time I had an encounter, which was the most mind-boggling boggling encounter in person in around 2010 in, uh, in Western Florida. In your house. Uh, and so... Hmm? You were in your house, right? When I was in my house. Yeah, I was in my house. And uh, the whole room ch changed into more of like a lavender color and these what looked like the typical alien grays came in the house. Uh, I didn't see them come in though. Cause when I, I heard it, I, I saw the color and I heard the TV go down and I thought my kids were playing a joke. So I looked over my shoulder when I turned around, they were just there. I don't, I don't know how they got in to be honest with you, but it scared me. I screamed. My voice was muted. Yeah. My brain was shaking. They were, uh, I don't know. It wasn't a telepathic communication that I could understand, but whatever they were doing was making my brain feel like it was shaking inside my skull. Huh. And then as quick as it started, it stopped, and they turned, and they kind of dangled back out, but they went right through the wall. With hindsight, I was wide awake. I wasn't even tired. With hindsight now, do you know why they chose to visit you on that day? With hindsight, I think it was two things. One thing is, that's when I started my quest to understand quantum physics. Uh, it became like I had to, I was absorbing it like, like you're drinking water. Uh, a person who just walked 20 miles in a desert needs a glass of water. I was like, I almost drank the glass, right? Mm. And then the second thing was, it, uh, in my mind, I kept hearing Worldwide Telescope over and over again, Worldwide Telescope. And so I went on Excite.com back then, and I looked it up, and it was uh, WorldwideTelescope.org was the first result. It was a software program back then. You downloaded it. Now you don't have to download because of HTML5, but you downloaded it to your computer, and it, it gave you access to all the space probe data. And I went to, okay, well, Mars, and I said Panoramas, and I went to Opportunity Rover. And the next thing you know, I was like, I was looking through the rover on Mars and I started seeing anomalies, things that didn't belong up there. And these images were unobfuscated. They weren't even altered. Nobody knew this site even existed, even though the public taxes and everything had paid for it. And I started seeing anomalies. So it took me down the road of anomaly hunting, which led me to start seeing anomalies that looked like ancient structures on Earth. And I was able to make the connection between the Atlanteans being a uh, interplanetary, maybe even intergalactic civilization using the same exact master architect techniques. And I realized then that these civilizations were actually one and the same. 
So it was a mind blowing experience, and I can only take from it that that's that's what the purpose was. Yeah, and and this is now an, a field that you that you've called archaeoastronomy. Yeah, putting those two together, it's like analyzing the space anomalies that you found and seeing you know what's actually going on with the yeah. structures, the ancient structures related to the planets mm -hmm. and related to all these different things. Like it's amazing how the the pyramids align perfectly with some constellations. Yeah. Uh, if if you wanna if you wanna enlighten us on that. Yeah, it's amazing. The pyramid, the Great Pyramid, for example, it's a multifunctional stone computer. It has these shafts, which I just got done crawling in those shafts a few days ago. Huh. <laughs> I took 70 people to Egypt with me, and we went temple hiking and shaft hiking inside of pyramids. But these shafts, they align with star systems and constellations on different time periods during different processions of the equinox. And we find that they align with specifically Orion, Aldebaran, um, Sirius, uh, you know, Zeta Reticulus. And so we're like, what are these alignments for? When you analyze what those shafts are connected to in, in the interior of the Great Pyramid and how they partially connect to the Queen's Chamber, we begin to realize something. We, I personally believe that the shafts are part of a communications device, which is just one of the technologies built into the Great Pyramid that has specific star alignments Back then, water used to run underneath the Great Pyramid, and there are giant dried-out aquifers to prove this. The Nile was much closer. That would create physiostatic electricity, which would put ions, pull ions up into the Great Pyramid, up into the King's Chamber, and then it would be used for wireless power. But also, some of that water was transmitted to go in and down into the Queen's Chamber, which I believe was an electrolysis unit. It would, it would electronically separate the hydrogen from the oxygen via electrolysis, which we know because we have we have the same capability today. We do the same thing now. Yeah. And then why hydrogen? Because the number one purpose of hydrogen in astrophysics right now is for communication with ET. We try to communicate on the hydrogen frequency because we believe that it's the most widely used frequency in the universe for communication long distance. Mm -hmm. So I believe that those hydrogen those shafts were shooting out hydrogen encoded with information about the updates what's going on on earth and what their civilization is doing we're okay down here this breakaway civilization is starting to blossom wherever the case may be right whatever the message was yeah. but they would shoot those messages to those star systems to communicate with their relatives or ancestors and i wanted to get into when you were connecting with the aboriginals uh here on on earth is the species that's been mm -hmm widely disconnected from modern civilization yeah. and oh, you've been with them and one things one of the things that i love about you is that you're a field researcher like you go you. there you talk to people you yeah. you're actually physically there not just on google searching different right. things so you've gone to see this with your own eyes um which yeah. is so important and the aboriginals they're a very special uh group of people in the world right now and i wanted to yeah. to just dig into why yeah. why why are they so special well these people are the, some of the most incredible people on the planet everybody's incredible but i mean in terms of their natural ability to communicate with uh you know with telepathically they have telekinesis they have they communicate with animals they can navigate based on earth's magnetic field i mean these people are incredible people and it's really a shame kind of what's happened to them in more recent times with the modernization of their of their area but mm -hmm. um i went there 
uh, I think it was uh, the beginning of 2020, right before the whole shutdown happened. And I got out there when the fires were there. I was trying to get to this Egyptian, uh, this makeshift Egyptian uh, hieroglyph and carry on nine called the Gosford Glyphs before they burnt down. Yeah. We got out there. Luckily, the fire still never got to those, but they did get to another cave we were trying to get to and burnt that, destroyed that. But we got to these glyphs. These are proto-Egyptian hieroglyphs in the middle of the outback. And on one side is Egyptian. On the other side is, uh, uh, is actually um, Pleiadian, according to the Aboriginal people. And so the Egyptian side, which is really, uh, it was before the Dynastic Era, so these are Kemetic glyphs. That's why they call them proto-Egyptian. They're before Egyptian, but still Egyptian-ish, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. And they've been dated now. 5,000 years, because in between the glyphs, you can take that organic material and you get it dated. It was dated and it dates back to 5,000 on both sides, which is pretty interesting. Mm. On the Palladian side, there's a gigantic, what looks like a mothership with little tiny ships coming out of it. And according to the aboriginals, that was a ship that came here with little ships coming out and they would come and interact directly with them. And I said, well, why would they do that? Why, why you guys? They said, we were the first people seated on this planet by the Pleiadians. And that's their verbal handed down history for thousands of years that the aboriginals were the first, not the last, but the first seated on this planet and that this planet was an abandoned seed colony. Pretty interesting stuff. I mean, just wild, mind blowing. Yeah, I just got chills while you, while you said that. Um, and Billy, since a very young age, you've had this sort of, futuristic mindset where you're able to look into what's next in multiple different industries. You know, we, we yeah. talked about the dot-com industry, mm-hmm. um, now in the media industry. What is going to be next in terms of technology for humanity mm-hmm. right now? Well, we're going to be moving into frequency healing a lot sooner than people think. Frequency healing is the next big thing. Uh, isolating, for example, a, uh, a, a grouping of cancer cells and then obtaining the subatomic frequency and the vibration of the atoms that make that cancer, right? And then creating a frequency that matches to cancel out those cells. So you destroy the cancer cells without destroying any surrounding tissue. Just like if I put a wine glass in front of you and I bring a famous singer, and there's one lady, she used to do it a long time ago, people can do it now, certain opera singers can do it. They would sing at a resonant frequency to the resonance of the atoms in the glass and shatter the wine glass, but everything else around, perfectly fine. Same exact principle. I'd love to go deeper on that. So that is it, yeah. is it beginning with sound? Is, is it like producing sounds that are able to heal people from different illnesses and what else can it be applied to other than other than health? Oh, it can do a lot. There's a lot of science data already that exists. Uh, a lot of it done, believe it or not, in Russia, where they have been able to rewrite and re-encode DNA, trigger it to re-encode itself, I should say, via sound frequencies. And they've done, been able to do it 100% with 100% accuracy over and over again. Very duplicatable experiment where they realized that even rewriting DNA uh, and also rewriting epigenetics through sound and frequency. So we can now talking about, we know that a human being is holding 15 to 20 years of epigenetic memories. Mostly, most of those memories are trauma, traumatic experiences passed down through the RNA. Wow. Now they're talking about wiping out, kind of like that Will Smith thing from the uh, Men in Black where he hits you with that light and you forget everything. Yeah. Well, kind of doing that to your genetics and like wiping out all that bad genetic memory, giving you a fresh, clean slate 
through frequency and sound to give you a fresh start to rebuild your own new untethered memories from the past. Pretty interesting stuff. We're talking about creating a new human, man, one that can be so that can recognize its own power in such a great way that uh, it's going to change civilization altogether. Yeah. And, and I know there's a lot of people now that have done a lot of work to heal those traumas at a later mm -hmm. age, whether they're doing plant medicine, whether they're doing yeah. you know therapy, whatever the modality is. But if a human being is able to clear themselves of ancestral generational trauma from birth, what are the implications mm -hmm. of that? What, pow implications what powers are, are we unlocking, basically? Oh, we're talking about tapping back, tapping back into everything. Utilizing our uh, our magnetite crystals in our brains to navigate through magnetic field, tele telepathic capabilities, telekinesis, psychic capabilities, you know, all these natural innate capabilities that we're supposed to have past our five senses. We're talking about all that programming is what's turning it all off. It's all programming code because the human body is nothing but a robot. Once you release that code and open us up to all the amazing possibilities and everything that we're capable of doing, and we have the knowing that we're capable of doing it. It's going to create and transform humanity like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the magnetite crystals inside of our brain. And, and I also heard you talk about how, you know, a lot of things in our environment are shutting those capabilities down. The magnetite crystals essentially for, as you mentioned, navigation. A lot of right. species, a lot of wildlife has that where they can... <laughs> know that there is going to be an earthquake and then get out of yes. there and we're the ones like getting fucked <laughs> over right there because we didn't even hear the the call um but essentially yeah. the magnetite crystals at that point is the environment still an influence uh if we're able to do the whole emotional energetic work the environment is still an influence however we're able to see beyond the veil and we're able to realize oh we have the power to change our environment mm. And so one of the biggest things I think that's going to happen is a lot of the divide and conquer tactics will stop working uh, once a lot of that trauma is cleared and that people will come together, join together and realize, oh, we're better working as a team. We're going to just change this environment. We are the masters of our own destiny, of our own future. We're going to fix this problem. We're going to change it to this. We're going to replace that system with this system. And now we're going to move forward. So changing environments is just as easy, easy as changing your pants once you know how to do it. Yeah. And most of the wars that the wars that are going on in the world right now are rooted in race and religion, this yeah. divisiveness, these tactics. And we even hear in, in the legend of the Tower of Babel, when mm -hmm. we are separated and divided and um, kept yeah. from that unifying potential that we have as humans to come together and create extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you... Um, these divisive tactics, how can we see beyond what is going on in the world right now with the fear porn yeah. that is going on, um, the news, the, all these things? How can we see beyond yeah. that and tap back into our power? The first thing we need to do right now is the biggest thing people can do is turn the news off. You know, you can still get news without watching the news. I get news all the time. I know everything that's going on, but I'm not watching the news. The news, <clears throat> it's programming, which is the right terminology. Programming is programming you in a way that in, uh, that uh, raises your cortisol levels, spikes your fear, and once that happens, they can mold you and bend you at will. And so the first thing I would do is turn the news off. If you want to get specific information, do like I do. 
you create a specific feed on your uh, online or you go to specific blogs and you say, I only want to see this, this, and this. And I get my physics updates. I get some general uh, news updates, something general stuff, nothing too deep that's going to destroy my insides. Uh, and, and you begin to realize that a lot of that stuff that's got you afraid is what's keeping you away from your brother or your sister, right, in, in, in humanity. And then the second thing is start looking at everybody as if you are them. As it's hard to do. I mean, everyone, you know, people who are the most what we would consider to be saints and people who are we consider to be even the most evil. Mm-hmm. You have to look at every single person and realize that they are actually you from another perspective. And uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to be best buddies with everybody. But at the same time, you're going to respect, you're going to honor, you're going to love every single person that exists on the entire planet. And you're not going to let some third party programming come in and keep the divide and conquer tactic moving forward and when people start realizing that everybody's all the same person from different perspectives and you realize that when you're talking to somebody like i'm talking to you i'm really talking to myself and when you're talking to me you're talking to yourself so how would you talk to yourself talk to someone as you would talk to yourself and you begin to realize wow that adds another level of respect and dignity which is really missing a lot right now and then all of a sudden, you're going to start to see things begin to change. And when people realize that they we're better together than apart and analyzing again, I have to go back to biology. If we strip all of our skin away, we all pretty much look the same underneath. And so people have this predisposed thing in their brain about this race and that race. That's okay to be proud of your race, your ethnicity or whatever you are. But at the same time, understand it's just a small part of a larger thing. If we travel from here to another planet, when I land and they say, where are you from? I'm going to say Earth. I'm not going to say I'm from Boca Raton, Florida, uh, the, you know, the, the zip code, such and such, and race, such and such. Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm an Earthling. And so when we start to see the bigger picture like that, it'll become a lot easier. Hmm. And someone who was really able to do that, you know, that walked Earth was Jesus, Yeshua. And I wanted mm-hmm. to, to get into that topic because yeah. there is something a lot of people don't know is that he left the Bible for some time and they didn't really tell us where he went. So I think it was since he he was 12 years old. They didn't tell us where he went. Um, Where did he go and where did you find out that he went there? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. A lot of people don't realize that Yeshua uh, at the age of 12, AKA Jesus is what he's known in modern times. uh, At the age of 12, he disappeared. Like you said, disappeared from the Bible completely. Well, where was he? He went to Egypt. And the proof of this is like when I take my people to Egypt, right? Or when I go, I always go to Coptic Cairo, where the original Christians exist long before Jesus was even born. Christianity already existed for people who didn't know. Uh, It was actually ushered in by Pharaoh Akhenaten, monotheism, a one God type of religion system. But anyway, in Coptic Cairo, the house that he lived in is still there. It's now a Coptic church. The bed, everything is still there. It's a shrine now that anyone can visit anywhere in the world. You just got to get a passport stamp and show up, and you will see with your own eyes. This this, this person was real. It wasn't a fairy tale. He actually did exist. Yeah. He was there with his mom, actually, for some time. And what did he go there for? He went to study and learn the Egyptian mysteries. He was an adept initiate into the Egyptian mysteries. Then he traveled to Tibet to learn Reiki healing, Qigong, uh, healing with his hands. Uh, that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. Then he went down into India, where he learned the mystic arts, teaching reincarnation all, reincarnation all the way back. And you can find evidence of this in a little-known scripture named the Gospel of the Holy Twelve, which is omitted from the 
Bible for obvious reasons. <laughs> but well, what uh, would be those reasons? Went to learn different mysteries. Well, the reasons were because then all of a sudden you realize that he went to go learn the devil's work, Egyptian mysteries, which was really the teachings of Thoth the Atlantean. So anywhere in the New Testament where you see Jesus speaking or quoted as saying something, in my book, I have this, the Thoth's words from the Emerald Tabith and Jesus' words side by side, where you can see he's saying the same thing that Thoth was saying 36,000 years ago. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? Either he is a reincarnation of Thoth or he's learning from the same master. Uh, so he's just regurgitating the same words or it's him. One of the two. That's the only two options you have. Uh, so it's pretty interesting, man. It's pretty powerful stuff when you really dig into it and realize, wow, this man did exist. He really was on a mission to bring peace and enlightenment to the world. Unfortunately, when it came down to the canonized version of the Bible, his words were twisted, changed, altered, uh, and uh, a little bit of salt was put in there you know, for the control of the masses. However, if you look at the original context of his message, yeah. it's pretty sound. When I was in history school, they told us that Mesopotamia was the first civilization in the world. Um, and now we're talking 36,000 years ago. I had never learned about the Sumerians. Uh, yeah. I, I recently found this out um, when I read Zachariah Sitchin's book. And I know he's regarded in your eyes as one of the best researchers um, yeah. out there. And what did he discover and what's so important about knowing that history spans out so much further than we were taught in school yeah. in the history books oh absolutely the reason why people in religious uh, uh you know in the religious arena believe that the earth is only six thousand years old is because the bible and other religious texts were written from ancient sumerian tablets which date back six thousand years old so that's where the six thousand comes from all those stories are copied stories Zachariah Sitchin was amazing in that he was able to find existing translations. Another lie that came out of the bottom was he was the only person that could translate the tablets and he made it all up. That's actually majorly false because anyone who could just do a basic search on the information about the tablets would discover they were just they were translated before he was even born. Uh, and he found these amazing translations. And in his books, after every so many paragraphs, he tells you the source of where he got the information. In his actual books. So these people never even read the books. But anyway, he discovered the Sumerian tablets uh, were written a very long time ago and then copied over and over again onto more tablets. And that the original story dates back about 450,000 years. When you look at the Sumerian kings list, which I went to go see in person, I got tired of hearing about it. I got tired of listening to YouTube videos about it. You know what I do. I hopped on a plane. I took my butt to the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, England. I walk in with my cell phone camera, which I have a great video clip of it, and I got as close as I could to that thing and took a great 3D photo going and wrapping around it. Mm. It's got the kings, kings on there ruling antediluvial before the Great Flood for one king rule for 28,800 years, one king rule for 14,000 years. I mean, the numbers are, the ruling years are just mind-blowing. Because and of so the all, lifespan like, of these rulers. The lifespan is hundreds, hundreds of thousands of years, eons, yeah. you know, yeah. eons. But one reason, both gives a clue as to how they're able to do it. They have something called Halls of Amenti, and they have these rejuvenation chambers, this technology that allows them to transfer their consciousness from one body to another. They make their own body. They don't take anybody else's body, according to the text. They make their own bodies. Probably some type of cloning technique they've got. They make their own avatars, I should say. They're avatars. Mm. And they say that they walk amongst men, but unlike a man. They could be walking around right now. We wouldn't even know it. 
Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> How's everyone doing? How's <laughs> 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 um, Yeah, and and when when we look at those ancient scriptures, these beings that were ruling at the time, they were seen as godly in a way. They were taller. They yeah. they weren't essentially human at that time when there were there were other beings living amongst us, right? Live, walking mm -hmm. the yeah. earth with humans. Who are those mm -hmm. beings? These Anunnaki Atlantean people were some of them were massive. Uh, they talk about in the Bible, uh, in the Old Testament, they they call them the Anak, not the Anunnaki, but they're called the Anak. Same same version of the same word, different version of the same word, and they said. We were grasshoppers in their eyes. Just how big these people were. These people were 10, 15, 20 feet tall, massive beings. They came from a planet four to, four to six times larger than Earth. Uh, and they came here in a very, very ancient time. Over time, as, the, as we move forward closer to the present day, their sizes shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. So they became almost what would appear to be an average person. They were very distinguishable, though, in the text, in biblical text. And um, uh, in ancient tablets and cylinder scrolls, as well as papyruses, because they always had these huge heads. Their skin was different. Their eyes glowed. These people were clearly different. You can tell uh, which one was either, you know, not from Earth and which one was from Earth. Even though we had a lot of similarities as hominids, they had six fingers and six toes, uh, you know, and all that kind of cool stuff. So pretty interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I wanted to read a quote. because obviously... You are an innate researcher and true to your work in the sense that you're going out there um, and you've been reading since you were one, one year old. And yeah. there is a book that you had, there is a quote that you had in your book that said, read and be wise, but only if the light of your own consciousness awakens the deep-seated understanding, which is in, an inherent quality of the soul. What does yeah. that mean to you? Oh, man. It means that when you read this information, be wise to understand this is going to literally affect and change everything. Your entire paradigm is going to shift if you're paying attention, you're really analyzing and discerning this information. And that if there's if there's darkness in you, it can bring that out. If there's light in you, it'll bring that out. So be careful when you go into this. Have your right. Have the right mindset. Have the right positive vibrational mindset. Don't take this information and utilize it or see how you can be used for darkness. See how it can be used for light because it is going to give you a paradigm shift. And it's so powerful. The masters of our reality right now, these elites of elites, they've learned the stuff that's in this Emerald Tablets and everywhere else. And they've figured out how to utilize it to control and move the masses in whatever direction that they want. They're like puppeteers. Mm. This information is so powerful. It can brighten you and it can enlighten you and it can take you to another, another level consciously. Uh, but if you let it seep in and you want to be dark, it'll do that as well. So you have yeah. to understand it is going to bring out in you what's in you. Yeah. And and whoever is here right now, obviously, seekers of wisdom. And I wanted to ask just to leave people with some resources. Of what are some of these forbidden books that you would recommend people to like start with if they want to go oh, yeah. deeper into all of this work? Which is, mm -hmm. it goes deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. It goes deep. It goes deep. You know, one of the books that really gave me an understanding of how our current political system and our, our current financial system with inflation and everything else, The Gods of Eden by William Bramley. 
That book is going to blow you away. The Gods of Eden by William Bramley. It's going to give you an understanding of exactly how we got to where we are right now today in 2022 mm -hmm. and how the inflation is operating because it all got installed thousands of years ago. And it talks about how it got set up, how it was installed, and how it's propagated now into the future. It's very clear. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one that I would read. Also, I would probably read the... Um, the uh, Enuma Elish and the Seven Tablets of Creation. A lot of people don't realize that the book of uh, Genesis and the Bible, a lot of the text that talks about the beginnings of time here and this on to create this planet and everything else, it all comes from the Enuma Elish. Yeah. And so uh, they took a very small portion of it, the bigger version of it's there. Uh, and I would also look into the Epic of Gilgamesh. If you want to know the true story of Noah, uh, who Noah's father was, who was Enlil, who was Gilgamesh, King Gilgamesh. He was half human, half Atlantean Anunnaki. The hero's journey he went on, they fabricated an artificial uh, man to go on a journey with him, like an R2-D2 type of a character. This is incredible stuff to be talking about, you know what I'm saying, mm. thousands of years ago. Uh, and also, of course, the Book of Enoch, which he was obviously an important person in the Bible because he's mentioned several times, but his book was kept out. When you read his book, you discover that aliens came from space to Earth and engaged mankind, taught us how to make weapons, how to make war, how to be battle strategists, uh, and other various things that they taught us. But they kept it up because it was specifically talking about beings from somewhere else coming here and engaging mankind and giving us this technology and information where we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. So pretty powerful stuff. Those three things are, and oh, one last one, the myth of Adapa, so you can find out how powerful we truly are. And we'll leave, for people that are listening, we'll leave everything in the resource section of the show notes or the description if you're on YouTube. Um, I want to leave people, as we start wrapping up, with two of the concepts um, from you that I've heard that really resonated, which is you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make them drink because you're thirsty. So obviously we're here, we're, we're engaged in this uh, knowledge and people that are listening and tuning in. Um, that they're following and resonating. You know, one thing is to seek this out on our own, and then the other thing is to push it onto other people, which is the immediate reaction, right? This is also, <laughs> I feel a little yeah. bit hypocritical because I, I host a podcast where it's like, yo, listen <laughs> to this. <laughs> but um, some of the things that you gain when you go on this journey are unutterable. As you said, the highest knowledge yes. is unutterable. So he who talks does not know. He who knows does not talk. So essentially, mm -hmm. what I got from that um, when I heard that from you is go on your own journey. Yeah. Accumulate all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the information that you can. Make sure you understand and make sure that you're reading in between the lines. Because you've also said you show an imbecile the moon and he points at the finger. Right. So it's letting people know that all this yeah. information, like you can read the Emerald Tablets, like we'll also link your book. But yeah. if you're not reading in between the lines of what they're saying and interpreting it from a pure space without biases, mm -hmm. without judgments, without what religion yeah. has told you, without what science has told you, without what your teachers have told you, then mm -hmm. it might get misinterpreted. And then that's why we have a bunch of battles all over the world and wars about yep. misinterpretation of history and it's mm -hmm. incredible.